Back into the action here on a Tuesday, the Brady Farkas Show. Jack Main filling in for Brady as he continues his vacation. If you have ever been on RedSox.com in the last like 20 or so-ish years, chances are you've seen this guy's work. It's Ian Brown of MLB.com. He beat rights for the Red Sox, and he is on with us right now. Ian, so great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for being here. Hey, good, good to be on with you guys. Absolutely. First of all, we, we got to start with this breaking news. Jaron Duran optioned back down to AAA for Tanner Houck. I got to say, this was something that I didn't exactly see coming. It was this something that was discussed over the past couple of weeks, considering Duran yeah, hasn't been coming around? You know what, uh, Jack? You know, I did see, I thought maybe either Duran or Bobby Dahlbeck, one of the two, would, would get sent down because um, just some of the roster additions they've made with, you know, Kyle Schwarber's here now and uh, and Travis Shaw's here now. So I think the fact that they added two lefty bats, I think that, and they, they brought back a righty bat yesterday at Arroyo. Um, I think maybe that's the reason that it, it is. Duran, who got sent down. Dahlbeck's given at least some hope with his hitting against lefties lately. Duran has really struggled at the plate. And this isn't to say he's not going to be a very good player. But, uh, you know, he just needs, there's some things that he needs to work on, and that's both offensively and defensively. I think um, defensively he's underwhelmed me a little bit, considering the speed he has. I don't think he's gotten great reads on the ball, great jumps. I don't think he's always put himself in position to make the best throw possible. So I think it was going fast for him up here, and I think that maybe – uh, he goes back down there, gets a couple more weeks um, at AAA, and then maybe he comes back uh, more ready to help the Red Sox um, for that for that final push for the uh, for the playoff spot here. So definitely, there is a spot for him on the roster this season in the future. I think so. Yeah, especially when you look at um, September call-ups. Um, you know, they only expand by two now. But look, what is the one thing a team always adds for a playoff contender? Always adds. In September, a burner. <laughs> what yeah, is this definitely. guy? He's a burner. He can fly. So for his speed alone, he's going to be back here. But I think that they think he can really use this time uh, to his advantage. Like I said, to work on to work on his hitting a little bit, to work on his fielding a little bit, and be kind of uh, you know, a more useful player for them down the stretch. It was unfortunate because when they brought him up, they just they faced so many lefties for the time he's been here. It feels like the Red Sox face a lefty every night. And their plan was kind of not to play him against lefties. And then they almost had to at times. They wouldn't be sitting for, for too long. So, uh, and then the team was struggling. And when the team struggles, I think it's, it's natural for a young guy to maybe try to do a little too much, where if he can just be a piece of the puzzle, then all of a sudden, like Dustin Pedroia in 20, uh, 2007, then all of a sudden you become a stud if you can over, you know, you have a slow start, but it's not really impacting the team. And then you just kind of get into your rhythm. I think maybe this kid was pressing a little bit, and uh, you know, I think this, this time back in the minors, I think, will be good for them. Keep in mind, they did this with Ellsbury uh, in 2007. They sent him down, and you know, they brought him up, sent him down, brought him back up, and he obviously, there's a reason that the 2017 won the World Series, and he, he was a big part of that. Yeah, I definitely, I also remember in 2014, Mookie Betts kind of bounced between AAA and the big club yeah, for, exactly. for a yeah. couple of weeks. This happens with guys, right? This happens, and uh, there's a precedent for this, and not to say yet that Jaron Duran is going to be uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, let alone Mookie Betts. I don't think you can really compare anyone to Mookie Betts at this point. But no, uh, no. You know, I think Ellsbury's been a comparison, a guy that people have compared him to. Uh, Johnny Damon a little bit, but you know maybe he's not there yet. But uh, who's to say that he that he won't be someday? Well, a roster shakeup might just be exactly what this team needs to wake up 
they have not been playing their best baseball in the last month or so, including you know getting swept by Tampa Bay, New York, dropping two out of three to Detroit, losing a bunch to Toronto. What is one thing that you can pick out that this team needs to just do better in order to make that postseason push? Yeah, I mean, the one thing is just get some stability in the back end of the bullpen, uh, especially with Matt Barnes, who just has had a terrible August. They need to get this guy back on track. Uh, but it's really, to me, it's really a, a two-parter, though. Uh, you know, I can't just go with the bullpen. Uh, the offense needs to produce up to its capability. I mean, this is why they, you know, the starting pitching has really kind of turned it around, I feel like, the last couple weeks. It started in that doubleheader in Toronto, that Saturday, they get two good starts that day, and they've generally pitched pretty well since then, and they're still not winning at a consistent rate because their offense is continuing to not cash in on their opportunities. They're not driving runners in on, from third with less than two outs. Uh, your studs, whether it's J.D. Martinez, whether it's Devers, uh, Bogarts at times, they're just not coming through like you need them to. And I think that um, Sunday's game, or actually Monday, sorry, it's supposed to be Sunday, Monday's makeup game in Boston one strike away from losing. Devers hits a 415-foot double off the wall to tie the game. They come back and win that game. That could be a huge moment for this team, for Raphael Devers, because if you get just one of these guys, whether it's Rafi, whether it's J.D., whether it's Bogart, if you can just get one of these guys hot as a firecracker, you know, these are the type of guys that they can carry a lineup for a week or two, and they've literally had nobody carrying them. T.K. Hernandez has probably been their best hitter, you know, the last uh, – Two, three weeks. He, he's a fine hitter, but he's not the type of guy who carries an offense. Teams don't go into series worrying about getting T.K. Hernandez out. So yeah. you got to get the big guns going. Hopefully, you get a couple of them going. And I think the glass looks half full. I mean, the bad news is they sort of lost their hold on the division. I'm not sure how realistic the division is right now, but they're right in there on the wild card. They, they lead Oakland by a game uh, heading into today. Uh, they're a couple games behind the Yankees for that. Uh, you know, for that top wild card spot, which would be the home game. So if you get there and you can pitch, you know, you position yourself where you can pitch Chris Sale in a wild card game, um, who knows, you know? Absolutely. This is Ian Brown of MLB.com, beat reporter for the Boston Red Sox. Listen, I, I just, I can't get my head around this, around the fact that the starting pitching has been so good, but they're still not winning games. I mean, it does. Right. Do you think it falls more on the bullpen, falling more on the offense? Because we know that the pitching has been great. The training wheels seem to come off of Hauk at this point. Like, where, where does, where does this team stand? Where do they feel like their uh, biggest weakness is? I really feel like it's a two-pronged thing with the bullpen in the offense. But look at this way: there haven't been a lot of games where the Red Sox have scored seven, eight, nine runs and lost those games. You know, and that's why I put this more on the offense because. The offense is putting too much pressure on the starting rotation. The offense is putting too much pressure on the bullpen to be perfect. Where every every one of these games is three to one, four to two on the late innings. Like yesterday, JD Martinez came up with, um, I think it was uh, maybe bases loaded, one out in the seventh inning, and he he, he struck out there. Or if he drives in a run there, that could be a whole different game. And then you know, then Matt Barnes doesn't blow a three to one lead in the ninth because he has a couple kind of shoddy defensive plays behind him. And that's another thing: the defense has got to sharpen up. The defense is not helping <laughs> the bullpen's cause here either. They have not been uh, very good here of late. So the Red Sox just have to play better baseball overall. They they can do it. They can do it. There's there's still time left in the season. Like I said, a game ahead in the wild card going into today. So let's yeah. uh, let's let's see what this take them, but they definitely have to play a lot better than they played the last three weeks. Absolutely, and even though they won yesterday, I'm not in love with the fact that they had to pull out all the stops 
in order to beat a last place team like the Rangers. I was listening to Lou Merloni say pretty much the exact same thing. You know, they won the game, but I don't feel good about the fact that they took Christian Vasquez coming off the bench in order for the team to feel like they were in a position where they could win and Travis Shaw coming off the bench to part for Bobby Dahlbeck. Why why are they feeling like they're piecing together these close games against bad teams? Yeah, it's not a good look. <laughs> Fortunately, they, they found a way to win that series. So that right now is the bottom line. You know, winning ugly, if you got to win ugly, it's not ideal, but uh, it's, it's ideal over losing ugly. And that was a game they very easily could have lost yesterday. To me, the number one star in yesterday's game was Garrett Whitlock. I mean, oh, this guy absolutely. comes into just a mess that Matt Barnes created, second and third. I um, can't remember if there was nobody. They, maybe there was, there was one out. Second and third, one out. Uh, he gives up a run there. Uh, they're, they're losing going to the ninth inning. Um, and that's not the same as losing going to the tenth inning because you get that automatic runner on second and the tenth, which you saw uh, Devers take advantage of there. They, he had somebody to drive in. So yeah, you know, it's not <laughs> it's not an ideal way to, to play baseball. And yesterday, the shame to me of yesterday was Nathan Evaldi was just absolutely dominant yesterday. I and mean, granted, he's facing a not a very good lineup, but just seven strong innings and complete control of the game, no walks. Uh, one unearned run that you know obviously wasn't his fault. So it's a shame for Evaldi. He, I mean, he has I think ten wins right now. He could easily have twelve or thirteen. They've blown at least uh, two. They've blown at least two for him. Uh, they blew that one against the Yankees at Fenway when they they were up like by three or four runs. So uh, he's gotten a raw deal here lately. He's pitched well for them. Definitely. Uh, I want to get you out of here on this, Miguel Cabrera. Newest member of the 500 Home Run Club. And if my memory serves me right now, I've been alive for 21 years, and I think I've seen maybe a handful of guys reach the 500 Home Run Club. Miguel Cabrera is the first guy that I can remember since maybe Ken Griffey Jr. that hit that home that 500 mark and has not been entangled in steroids. Do you feel like, and be, be as honest as you want, do you feel like the home run club is a little bit less exclusive these past 30 years of baseball because of the entanglement that baseball has had and the problems that they've had with steroids? Yeah, you know, it's tough to know who did what. Look, I remember being in Baltimore in 2008 when Manny Ramirez hit his 500th home run, and it was a great um, joyous occasion at the time seeing Manny hit his 500. But then, you know, later on, you know, he, he gets flagged in a couple, he fails two or three steroid tests, so that kind of tarnishes that. But you talk about Cabrera, and uh, Manny is the hitter he reminds me of. Just a great, not a home run hitter, just a great pure hitter. Uh, can go to all fields. And that's the shame about Manny is he kind of that he has that steroid tarnish on him because he would have been a great hitter no matter what. Kind of like Roger Clemens was a great pitcher, and Barry Bonds is going to be. Uh, an MVP type of player if he never dabbled in that stuff. So it's, it's unfortunate that these guys made some of the decisions they made, but uh, it was a great moment for Cabrera. I really can't respect him any more than I do. Just a tremendous, tremendous uh, textbook uh, all-around hitter. And like I said, just to me, like an almost clone of Manny Ramirez when you look at their, their hitting styles. They kind of went about it uh, the same way. And I know I love watching Manny for the many years they did in Boston because, you know, right-handed hitters, Usually the better, the more hitter, career hitters to watch are the lefties. Um, so right-handed hitters like a Miguel Cabrera, like a Manny Ramirez, they just uh, you know they don't come along 
uh, all that often where they're just yeah. such, such great hitters. Well, I will never forget the moment when David Ortiz hit his 500th home run at the Tropicana, at Tropicana Field. And it, it was one of those where it was a great moment, but you know how his career goes, how he doesn't win MVP because he's a designated hitter, and now he, he is on that list, that 2003 list that came out with all the guys. Uh Potentially, that took steroids. I'm not here to point fingers. Yeah, I love, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing. It's so hard to play judge and jury on this thing. And it's nice when a guy like Danny, at least he fails the test. <laughs> you know for sure that he was doing it. But it's hard for us. I mean, I think there's guys who have already gone in the Hall of Fame in recent years. And I'm not going to name names, but I think there's guys who have gone in the Hall of Fame in recent years who were uh, steroid guys, and you've never heard it with them because you know there was never a rap with them. There was never a scandal, but this doesn't mean that they didn't do it. So it's just hard. I think the whole era, you just have to say, these guys were the best of their era. Um, put an asterisk next to it in the Hall of Fame. Do a little pyramid, uh, because I think that it's, it's just too hard to differentiate. And I think, uh, you know, my opinion is just about put most of them in. I wouldn't put Mark McGuire in because his only strength really was his, uh, you know, obviously his power was his overwhelming strength, yeah. and that was aided by... Um, steroids, but a lot of these other guys, your Roger Clemens, your Barry Bonds, um, you know, even your Alex Rodriguez is, you know, these it's, guys it's to tough. me, they, they belong in the Hall of Fame because they were the best players of their era. And uh, for whatever reason, baseball wasn't policing it enough, or the players weren't taking it seriously enough, or, you know, I think everybody shares, shares the blame, whatever. But I think that eventually you put these guys in the Hall of Fame because they were the best players in their era, and there's no way of knowing that you haven't already put in guys in the Hall of Fame who are doing steroids. Ian Brown, MLB.com. He beat reports for your Boston Red Sox. They're taking on the Minnesota Twins for the first time at Fenway Park tonight. Ian, thanks so much for coming on the show. We loved having you. Hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Sounds great. Thank you.